Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. Second Thessalonians. Oh, this this first and second Thessalonians run has been so good. And now we're on the grand finale. In fact, it starts with the word finally. The Apostle Paul with Silvanus and Timothy writing to the Thessalonians. And uh, from the New King James Version, here's what it says. Chapter 3. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the, that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. Now, I just want to stop here for a moment because Paul is ministering, ministering, ministering to the people in all of these letters, but on occasion, he'll stop and say, hey, pray for us. He constantly says, we're giving thanks to you, praying for you, remembering you in our prayers, making mention of you in our prayers and such. But on occasion, he'll say, hey, pray for us. In other words, hey, we may be apostles, but we're human beings too. And we're fighting spiritually. We're stretching to fulfill our assignments and ministries, and we're tempted. I like what he said in uh, Ephesians 6.18 after he just finished the armor of God. And he said, and pray for us, pray for us, uh, that we may open our mouths boldly as we ought to. And so he's saying here, pray for us, and we get a little insight here. Notice, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as, as it is with you, that the word of the Lord may run swiftly. Well, what does that mean? That means that uh, if we don't, if, if we aren't strengthened as apostles or a teacher or a pastor or whomever, if we're not strengthened and preaching as we ought to preach, we may be timid. We may not say things that we should say. We may not say it the way we should say it. And the word of the Lord won't run swiftly like it should. So he said, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as, as it is with you. Verse 2 and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. He said, pray for us that we would be delivered, that God would deliver us from two types of people here. He says, unreasonable people and wicked people. You know, we all know what wicked people are. These are people that have agendas to harm you, to hurt you, to to persecute you, to stop the gospel or whatever. Those are wicked people. But he doesn't only pray to be delivered from, or he doesn't only ask for prayer to be delivered from wicked people, but from unreasonable people. And let me tell you, as a pastor, you know, I probably uh, had more difficulty with unreasonable people than with wicked people. Most of the people that, you know, I work with and that have been with us over the years are not wicked people, but there, there are on occasion some unreasonable people, people that have expectations that are not reasonable. Now, from their perspective, they may be reasonable, but uh, from uh, the seat that I sit in, they're just not reasonable. Uh, I just can't do that. Every, on occasion, I'll have somebody that wants to spend so much time with me, I just don't have that amount of time to spend with them because I'm on my assignment. I'm doing the will of God. Uh, I've had on occasion somebody that felt like God had called them to be my personal prophet. And that, yes, I was leading the church, but it was their job to hear from God and tell me what to say and what to do. Well, that wasn't from the Lord. 
and it was unreasonable, but I believe their, their heart, generally speaking, was right. It doesn't mean they didn't give in to the flesh or selfishness or whatever, but I believe they wanted to be used of God, and they wanted to hear from God, and they probably had heard some things from God, but not that. No, uh, and they became unreasonable. And when I tried to uh, work with them and to say, hey, look, let's, let's participate. If you hear something from God, let me know. But I can't commit that I'm just going to do whatever you say God told you to do. And, and it was amazing some of the things that God told him to do. It's just so obviously not from God. But there, were, there was a level of deception, but they became unreasonable. And if I didn't do it their way, then, then they were going to you know, uh, just sort of turn me over and say, well, you're, you're not right with God and such. It was unreasonable. I was right with God. I'm trying to serve God. But I need to do it the way that the Lord is telling me to do it and work with my pastors and leaders. And I can't just abandon all of that, the multitude of counselors and the, the leaders that I have over me, just to say, whatever you say, whatever you think you hear from God, I'll just do that. And that is God. Well, no, that's unreasonable. And that's an extreme case. But nonetheless, sometimes we do run into people that are unreasonable. Paul said, pray for us that we would be delivered from not only wicked people, but unreasonable people, because not all have faith. Not all are walking the way that they should. Verse 3, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. So he turns it right back around and starts talking about the Thessalonians again. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. So notice Paul here as an apostle now, he's, he is exercising his authority and letting them know we have confidence in you that we're not just some uh, person that's among you. We are the apostles that taught you, that brought you the word of God, that discipled you, that established you as a church in, in Thessalonica. And he's saying uh, that... We have confidence that you will, you already have, but you will continue to follow with us and allow us to instruct you and to guide you. And he uses the word command. It's a strong word. But nonetheless, Paul is speaking by the Spirit of God. And he's saying, look, don't go by your own understanding. Follow your apostles. Follow your leaders. And we have confidence that you will do that. Verse 5. Now may the Lord direct your hearts in the love of God and into the patience of Christ. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. Notice our hearts need to be directed into the love of God. They're not just naturally in the love of God, but may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. Verse 6, But we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw, notice, withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. Notice he didn't say, uh, get away from all people who walk disorderly. Well, you'd have to leave the whole world because people all over the place walk disorderly. But he's saying no from a brother. He's saying when you have a believer in the body of Christ, in, in your church, so to speak, you have a believer, but they're walking disorderly. He's saying you can't just hang out in fellowship with them and give them the impression or other people the impression that this person's behavior, this disorderly behavior is okay. No, now you need to converse with them and talk to them and hopefully somebody 
meek in, in meekness and graciousness, we'll be able to get through to them to get them to repent from that disorderly way of living. But he's saying, you can't just hang out with those people. You have to separate yourself from them. Why? Because if they're not listening, they won't listen to anybody. You have to separate yourself to show them, hey, look, we, the people of God, cannot hang out with you because you're not walking right. And we don't want you to get off track. We don't want that to take you to hell. We don't want to give you the impression like, yeah, you know, we all have our issues and that's your issue. I've got issues and we're all okay. He's saying, no, if they're walking disorderly, he said, well, you can't hang around it both to protect yourself from you becoming like them, but also to protect them from thinking that you're condoning it. We have a tendency to want to please people. And so we often don't speak to people the truth. And then when we do, we don't do it with love. See, so often we're in a ditch on either side of the road. So notice he goes on to say here, let's see, uh, back down to verse 6, but we commend you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition. He's not talking about old-fashioned traditions of the family. He's talking about the traditions, the way we taught you to walk, reading God's Word, praying every day, meeting as uh, the body of Christ, taking communion together, repenting of your sins. These are the traditions that Paul established. It's the traditions of what we would call the Christian life. So he said, those people who don't walk according to these traditions, which he received from us. Verse 7, for you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we were not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge. Oh, he's going to bring this up now. Nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge. He's saying that would be disorderly if we're eating people's bread, we're not working, but we're eating off of somebody else's labor. Nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day that we may not be a burden to any of you, not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. Watch this. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. So, boy, this is a powerful little truth here. And there are people in the body of Christ. I'm not saying that they're horrible people. I'm just saying it happens where you have somebody that for whatever reason, they stop working and maybe they got fired, lost their job, got laid off, got furloughed or whatever, but they don't, don't, don't readily go back to work. In other words, especially if there's government assistance or if there's somebody willing to pay the bills, somebody's taking care of you. And we're not talking about children, of course. We're talking about adults. And Paul is saying, look, when I was with you, I could have received offerings from you and not had to work. But I didn't do it because I wanted to be an example of how believers ought to walk. That believers ought to take care of themselves. They ought to work. And he goes on to say, if you don't work, you don't eat. If, you, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Everybody should work. Everybody should pull their weight, play their part. And so just because, say, the government is able to pay you unemployment or pay you disability or, or whatever uh, you know, they're paying you, well, if you really don't have a disability, if you really could go and work, Paul's saying you should. In fact, let me just say it's not Paul. The Holy Spirit is saying you should. So 
Our goal as believers is not to be on the government payroll or to be on somebody else's payroll with them paying the bills and taking care of us. That's okay for a short time to help us get on our feet, but that should never be a long-term solution. We should be believing God to be healed and to be uh, delivered and to be uh, prospered and given favor to get a good job and to be taken care of and to take care of ourselves in a sense. Now, God's taking care of us, but we need to work. And so this is an important point, but this is teaching us that we should not just be taking advantage of, a, of any handout that's out there. We should pull our own weight, be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. Verse 11, For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. He, Paul said, and this is back, I mean, a couple thousand years ago, Paul said, we hear that there are people among you, they're not working, but they're busybodies. They've got time on their hands, and you get into gossip, and you get into being opinionated and such. He said, that's a trap. He said, and they're not working. It's other people are having to take care of them and provide for them. And he said, that's not right. That's disorderly. That's not appropriate in the kingdom of God. Verse 12, now those who are such, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. He said, we're commanding those people who fell into that, get a job, work in quietness, and eat your own bread. Stop eating off of everybody else's work, but, but live your life in quietness. Don't be so opinionated. Evidently, they weren't quiet. They were being taken care of by somebody else, but they weren't quiet. And Paul said, look, get a job, work hard, and live your life in quietness. Don't try to bring attention to yourself and eat your own bread. Eat the fruit of your own labors. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. And if anyone, that's similar to Galatians 6, 9, is let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we, will, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Uh, but as for you, verse 13 here, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good, verse 14. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person, mark that person, so to speak, note that person, and do not keep company with him. Paul saying, listen, we're the apostles of God speaking, and of course he's speaking by the Spirit of God too. We're the apostles of God. If anyone's not going to obey us and stay with us, then the rest of you don't hang out with them. Why? Because they're off, they're rebellious, and you'll begin to be influenced by their rebellion and begin to see their reasoning, see their logic, and before you know it, you'll be off track too. So he said, do not keep company with him that he may be ashamed, that he may be ashamed. They should be ashamed that they're acting like that and not receiving their leadership and the, the instruction from their leadership. Verse 15, yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Say, don't hang out with them, but also don't treat them like they're enemies because they're not enemies. Treat them like a brother. Verse 16, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. I love that. May the Lord himself, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, may he give you peace. The Lord be with you all. The salutation of Paul with my own hand, which is a sign in every epistle, so I write, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. 
And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.